Good morning. Our reading today is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Uh, Well, the Christian wrestling foundation You'd only have that in the United States, I think. Body slams for Jesus. Literally. On the surface, they look like a group of normal wrestlers with costumes, jumping from ropes and hitting others in the back of the head with chairs. Except these violent wrestling moves are all done for the love of Jesus and for saving souls. That sounds like spirit-empowered ministry, doesn't it? This week in our Together series is Together in Spirit Empowered Ministry. And over my years, uh, I've been a pastor, I don't know how long Angela's been a pastor, I've been the same amount of time. I've had many people who've told me what they've done and what they've seen in the Spirit's power. Visions, miracles, prophecies, and certainly the Spirit can do spectacular things, pointing people towards the goodness of God, and life in the Lord Jesus. But I've also met others who are immensely valuable as they willingly work behind the scenes. Is that spirit-empowered ministry? I've met others who are willing to do whatever needs to be done, filling positions even though they're not comfortable, unsure if they have any spiritual gift, and yet they humbly serve. Is that spirit-empowered ministry? While it's valuable to try to work out what our gifts may be, what our spiritual gifts may be, if that becomes our focus, it's like erecting a structure without having a foundation. And this morning I want to spend some time laying footings where our focus is to be as spirit-empowered believers for It is those foundations which the Spirit will use to empower God-glorifying ministry. The Spirit as a seal and a deposit. Paul began began this letter of Ephesians reminding believers, as Anne spoke on a number of weeks ago, of every spiritual blessing. And then he listed some of those blessings, including the Spirit being the seal and the deposit guaranteeing we belong to God. He said in verses 13 and 14, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. As I've said a couple of times uh, when I've preached before, I've, when I go for a walk, I've found money on the, on the side of the road. About a year ago, I found a seal, uh, not a furry one, but uh, 
a wooden handle with an insignia on the bottom. Maybe, I guess, it may come from a craft kit. And, and these type of seals were used in Paul's day. They would be used in with wax to signify something or a document was authentic. The Spirit authentically says that we belong to God. To belong is so special because it speaks of acceptance and value. But the Spirit is also a deposit. It's an old-fashioned word that actually is earnest. Uh, it, it talks about the first instalment on a purchase. Uh, and that deposit legally secures the item for the purchaser. Probably when I was uh, 18, I guess, I bought a push bike. I went to the store, which is a local store where we were living, and I put a deposit down on this bike that I wanted to buy. And unlike today, the bike stays in the shop until you've paid everything off. But the store owner got a docket and he put this, he wrote my name on it and he attached it to the bike. The deposit guaranteed the bike was set aside for me. It would not be for anyone else. It was marked with my name as I waited for it to be fully of mine. And in this old-fashioned word, earnest, the buyer would give this deposit, but they would actually get an authentic part of what they were purchasing. So if it was cloth, they would get a piece of cloth. If it was a bike, maybe you would get a seat or a handlebar. The spirit as a deposit means God resides in believers while they wait for heaven. To be together in spirit and power ministry means that as God's children, the spirit is using us in his ministry. So Paul prays that together we will desire to know God. As a church together, not just individually, but together we grow to know God. And Paul prayed, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Any ministry without a spirit-empowered desire to know God better will only be surface deep. I want to say that again. Any ministry without a spirit-empowered desire to know God better will only be surface deep. It will only be, in a sense, for appearance. So Paul gives three things to pray as foundations for spirit-empowered ministry. He, he says in verses 18 to 20, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And then he says that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Paul prayed in verse 18 that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Uh, the word hope is always a confusing word. Uh, Confusing because we use the word hope in a very different way today. I hope the pandemic ends this year. I hope Lismore doesn't get more rain. It's a wish, a wish that has no certainty or confidence attached to it. 
whereas hope in the Bible refers to the certainty of the future. It is guaranteed because of Jesus' death in history. As an adult, I read, uh, I was never much of a reader as a child, but I read the Narnia Chronicles because our kids, we bought them for the kids. Uh, Fantasy novels by C.S. Lewis. And the last book, The Last Battle, ends in a railway accident. Uh, In the Narnia Chronicles, Aslan is a, a, a lion that represents Jesus. And this family of children encounter different worlds as they journey towards Aslan's country. The last book ends. You do not yet look so happy as I mean you to be. Lucy said, we're so afraid of being sent away, Aslan. And you've sent us back to our own world so often. No fear of that, said Aslan. Have you not guessed? Their hearts leaped, and a wild hope rose within them. There was a real railway accident, said Aslan softly. Your father and mother and all of you, as you call it in the Shadowlands, are dead. The term is over. The holidays have begun. The dream is ended. This is the morning. And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories, and we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now... At last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. The Spirit, as a seal and guarantee, assures God's people that they belong and are secure in Christ And such ministry will be grounded and motivated in the assurance of all that is to come. I'm challenged by Jim Elliott, the the husband of Elizabeth Elliott, who was martyred at 29, who said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. A focus on the future. The second thing that Paul prayed, the Spirit empowers us to know God better with an inheritance. He says, he prayed that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. When I have read those verses before, I've always assumed that those words speak of our inheritance in Christ. But Paul actually says the church is God's inheritance in his people. It is not my inheritance, his Uh, My maternal grandfather died many, many years ago, but before he died, he wanted to give me, as his only grandson, his World War I medals. Medals that reflect and resemble trauma and courage and his service. His medals belong to me. I inherited them, but that inheritance actually points to him. God gained an inheritance because of Christ's sacrificial death rescued a people for himself. 
We receive grace. But that grace points to him. Spirit-empowered ministry will be seen in how we live, showing we are God's inheritance by living out his grace. In 2016, there was a young man called... Sorry, get a bit emotional. A man called Josiah. You may have heard about this. He was looking at Christmas lights with his family when he was knocked down by a car driven by someone affected with alcohol. Two days later, his life support was turned off. Carl Sisson, Josiah's father, was a pastor at the Potter's House Church in Brisbane. Another pastoral team member said that the family would forgive the driver in an act of good faith. They simply wanted to say they believed Jesus came, Jesus came into the world to bring forgiveness. They believe in the power of forgiveness and they're now trying to process what has happened. To be together in spirit-empowered ministry means we will not only be talking about grace, but our lives will live grace that point back to him. And the third thing, the Spirit empowers us to know God better. Paul prayed in verses 19 to 20 that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at, the right hand, at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Notice the, the change in pronoun. You changes to us in verse 19. Paul assures Gentile believers that God's power is available to us as we live in this world, waiting for the age to come. Spirit and power ministry is not primarily the power to do miracles or to, do super, or to bring supernatural change. It may do that, but predominantly is the power to live to please God. is the power to want to reflect God as we live in our world. It is the power to say no to self and yes to what he desires. And Paul says it's the same power that raised Jesus from death. Sometimes we think we can't overcome fear or sin because it seems so big and controlling for us. It grips us. And while we'll battle this side of heaven. Paul uses these words to speak of God's power. He uses the words incomparable and great and might and strength. God is stronger than anything in our lives. But that God is powerful doesn't necessarily mean he will remove it. He may use it to grow us. But the spirit is available to use God's power at work within us. The Spirit as a seal and a deposit lays foundations that assures us of God's future, of an inheritance and of power. And if we're growing to know God better than whatever situation we're in, those foundations will produce Spirit-empowered ministry. Like the roots of a tree that go down deep continue to provide nutrients and life, even though we can't always see fruit. But it will always be at work. 
What does that mean for us as a church? Spirit empowered ministry may look like, and just suggested three things. People using whatever abilities God has given them to help build the body of Christ so it function in a healthy, God-honouring way. Ministry comes from a joyful heart because of an assured future and inheritance and through God's power working within people. As a healthy body works together so the church is to work together, growing to know God better and to be his presence in the world. That means if you're a follower of Jesus, you are part of the body and you're, in part, you're an integral part of Nawi Baptist Church. The Spirit has equipped you in whoever you are to contribute to the body. Spirit-empowered ministry. The second thing is encouraging one another to keep following Christ. When we see someone serving, we have an opportunity, if we choose to take it, to actually text them later on or write them a letter and encourage them. Tell them, thank you for what you did. I noticed, and I just want to say, I appreciate that and I appreciate you. I want you to imagine that someone texts you a really encouraging note saying, thank you for what you've done how that would make you feel. And think about how that would make someone else feel as you do that. That is spirit-empowered ministry. None of us needs to be gifted in the gift of encouragement. We could all encourage others. The third thing is praying for others, as Paul did for the Ephesians. You see, spirit-empowered ministry not only happens in the church building, but it equips people as they go to work, as they go into their homes, as they go into their sporting groups or other entertainment. Families need people to be praying for them. Young people need people to be praying for them. Older people need to be people praying for them. For the world, by its very nature, seeks to squeeze us into its mould. It's trying to get us to be like it. But spirit of power ministry will remind people of the supremacy of Christ and to be praying for them. As we finish, I just want to say, we can contribute to Christ's body, that we can contribute to Christ's body shows how good and gracious God is and how central his church is to his whole plan, which means how central Nawi Baptist Church is. So Paul ends his prayer, and God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Please let me lead you in prayer. Our Father, 
We thank you for your gospel. The gospel that saves, but the gospel who, that also continues to save us. We thank you for the gift of your word and the gift of your spirit. And we thank you for your spirit's ministry. We thank you that as a body, your, your spirit's work within the whole and yet also within us as individuals. We do pray, our Father, for those foundations that will affect all that we do. We thank you for the assurance of the future that we have. We thank you for your inheritance in your church so that we reflect you. And we thank you for the power that is available for us to live lives that Look and focus on you as we live in this world. We thank you for spirit-empowered ministry, which is really all about your work in and through your people. And we thank you for what you're doing in other countries, even where your people don't live, as you reveal dreams and visions, bringing people to yourself growing a body even where a church does not exist. We thank you for the goodness, your goodness and graciousness. Amen.